This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The federal leaders have really been doing exactly that. They have been out there making promises and promises, and we are now well into our second week of the federal election campaign. So let's sum up for you today where we are at. And if I may so also direct you to our hot question of the day today, because we took the big promise so far anyway from each political party and asked you which one of those resonates the most with you. So check it out. You'll see it at Simi Sarah 980 or at CKNW. Uh, then you can weigh in, cast your vote, call us on the buzz line, email me, whatever the case may be. But let me just sum up for you what some of those big policy announcements are. For instance, Liberal leader Justin Trudeau has gone to Brampton, Ontario, and that's where he talked about more tax breaks for the middle class. So some of the policy announcements he made, Promising to nix taxes on the first $15,000 a middle-class family makes per year. And then he talked about cell phone bills, pledging to get telecom companies to cut those bills. A re-elected Liberal government will cut cell phone bills by 25%, saving the average Canadian family of four up to $976 a year. I'm not sure how you do that, but anyway, I digress. We've got lots of time to talk about that. Then you've got Conservative leader Andrew Scheer. He talked about his party's plan to make it cheaper for Canadians to buy a home. So a couple of things. He says that he would return to allowing people to take out 30-year mortgages, so amortize your mortgage over 30 years instead of 25. Uh, That actually was a policy that had been brought in by the previous Conservative government and then Finance Minister Jim Flaherty. And he says that will help lower monthly payments. And he also said they would review what is known as the stress test on mortgages and potentially remove that test altogether from mortgage renewals. Many experts agree that the stress test has gone too far and has many unintended negative consequences, pricing many would-be homeowners out of the market. We will review it to make sure it isn't a barrier. All right, so then that's the Liberals, that's the Conservatives. Now let's get to the NDP. An NDP government would extend full public dental coverage to households uh, that make less than $70,000 a year. Now this is one of the big promises from the last week that we have heard from leader Jagmeet Singh. He said that was a first step towards including dentistry in public health care for everybody. According to him, coverage would start in 2020. It would include partial coverage for households with incomes between Seventy and ninety thousand dollars a year, and he said that there would be. A, he made this announcement, by the way, at a training clinic for dental hygienists while in Sudbury, Ontario. We know that one in three Canadians have no coverage at all. This is a serious concern. So, cell phone tests, mortgage stress test, uh, relaxing mortgage rules, and of course, dental coverage. What about uh, the uh, Green Party? Well, they've been promising, of course, uh, to talk about uh, mental health issues. They're also talking about decriminalizing all drugs. So, they've had a big issue as well that you can check out and cast your vote for. So, those are just some of the latest promises that we have heard. But of course, the last week has been a very rocky one, right, on the federal election campaign. So, even though, like, when it comes to polling, 
polling, we should be skeptical. Like I wouldn't say I'm usually a poll watcher. I do tend to take them with a big grain of salt. But I did want to check out the polls this week in light of the whole Justin Trudeau controversy that broke last week. Has any of that had an impact on the campaign and the party that you are choosing to support? Is there any indication of that? So I had a chance just a few moments ago to speak with the CEO of Ipsos, Daryl Bricker, and here's what he told us. Daryl, thank you for joining us to talk about this this morning. First of all, on this Monday morning, let's get a look from your perspective of how the polls are doing. How are the parties doing? Well, it seems like we're seeing a little bit of softening in Conservative Party support, or actually in Liberal Party support, to the advantage of the Conservatives. What we thought we might see a little bit more of is maybe an increase in NDP support, but that hasn't happened yet. Okay, and this is all done in polling after the whole the controversy of last week, is that right? Yes, and, and we're seeing it not just in our own polling, but we're seeing it in some of the other polls that have been released. Okay, and what are you seeing exactly? When you say softening up, what does that mean? Uh, it means underneath things like government approval, deserve to re-elect, opinions of the Prime Minister, uh, did not experience uh, a positive improvement last week. They went in the other direction. But also what we're seeing is numbers starting to move in places like Ontario. And uh, when numbers move in Ontario, seats move too. Yeah, let's talk about the Ontario results, because it seems like up until now, the Liberals had had this kind of cushion in Ontario. Yeah, they have, and uh, principally because uh, they've been campaigning against Doug Ford. And what's happened uh, is that uh, this issue seems to have blotted out the sun. And it's not just a question of what uh, new Canadians happen to feel about, uh, about what the Prime Minister was doing, and even his apology. It was really related to what people thought about his judgment. It's a much bigger issue than just simply... Um, uh, a specific group of Canadians feeling insulted. It's all Canadians now getting a chance to really ask questions about his judgment and his leadership. And, and it's, it's starting, to, at the, starting to fray at the edges right now, I would say. Now, when you say fray at the edges, so what are we seeing some diminishment? What kind of numbers? What categories? Uh, well, principally uh, in, uh, in Ontario, we're seeing some change. And we're also seeing some change in, in B.C. Uh, as well. So... Uh, for me, what I'm looking at, because this is, this is an issue in evolution, is two places that are absolutely critical for the government in order to return, especially to a majority, if not just the government, are uh, they have to hold on to what they have in B.C., uh, and that's now challenged. In the province of Ontario, uh, they won almost 80 seats, actually more than 80 seats last time around. And if the conservatives are moving ahead of them in Ontario, that's a big problem. And does that, is that what it looks like right now? Like, who is picking up the traction from the last week or so? It's conservative. So when, when the public uh, thinks about what the op- alternative is to the government, mm-hmm. it, it tends to be more to the conservatives. Now, we're not talking about big moves here. We're talking a couple of points one way or the other. But uh, Canadian politics is a game of inches. And, and particularly if it's, uh, it's moving in the places that have the most seats, that's a problem. Uh, let's talk about the other place that has a lot of seats. What about Quebec? How is this playing there? Well, it's not playing to the same level in Quebec, but um, I would say that it's the one. Uh, Quebec is the one region where the Liberals are looking pretty good. They won about 45 or 78 seats last time around, uh, so they're hoping that they're going to pick up the NDP seats. They just might, but that's not going to be enough to offset a big change in a place like Ontario, for example. Right. You mentioned as well that the NDP hadn't really seen a big benefit. What about the Green Party? No, the, the, uh, the Green Party is kind of on the edges now. Uh, we haven't seen their numbers move very much, but that's the problem. Uh, so even though climate is their, obviously the issue that they, uh, they, they, uh, they really champion, 
the problem that they've got is this conversation has kind of moved into another place, which is not specifically about these policy issues, but just generally about the temperament of the leaders and their ability to be the next prime minister. So when we move into that kind of conversation, there isn't a lot of people who actually think that Elizabeth May is going to be that person. Right. Is there anything that surprises you when you look at these numbers, Daryl? Uh, well, not really. Other than uh, one would expect, given the speed of, of politics these days, things might be moving a little bit faster. But this really is a game of inches, as I said before. So we're seeing slight nudges in one direction or the other, with the Conservatives moving into a bit of a lead. So what's happened to the government, as, uh, and, and the, the Liberals in particular, uh, is, not, uh, is not fatal at this stage of the game. We still have about four weeks left in this campaign. But it just shows how tight this is and how even when you have a big issue break like we had break last week, that it's not moving a ton of numbers in the immediate sense. Yeah. Have you seen anything like that before? Because I think in, in previous campaigns, in previous elections, a lot of times we would have thought that like what happened last week would have been the death knell for a party. Yeah, uh, not so much this time. And, and, and the reason for that is because the, uh, the appeal of the Conservative Party is not that strong. It's not like people are saying, oh, well, I can't, uh, I can't vote, vote for the Liberals, so I'm really enthusiastically voting for the Conservatives. Uh, it, they've become almost like a default. Right. And the other part of this, Simi, is, 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 for me, is the question of turnout. Um, because last time around in, in 2015, Justin Trudeau really brought a whole bunch of new people into politics, and uh, turnout went up about 8% over what it was in 2011. The real question for me is what I call the apathy party. How, how much are they right. gaining in all of this? And that would be people who showed up the last time who aren't going to show up this time. And I think that what we're seeing is not only the Conservatives moving ahead, but their vote is the most enthusiastic. And the Liberal vote is somewhat of holding of noses right now and mm -hmm. uh, getting a little blue in the face, I would say. Right. So harder for them. Boy, that must make your job much more difficult than Daryl, because they can tell you something on the phone. But if they don't show up to vote, then that really kind of skews your, your results, doesn't it? Oh, and, and we know that uh, in a, any election campaign, we're inter interviewing 100% of the, the eligible voters. We know 40% of them won't show up. The question is, which 40? And are people admitting to that yet, that apathy? Are they stay, they're saying they're yeah, committed there's, to vote? There's probably, yeah, there's probably about 17, 20% of, of that group, but it's the next 20 that's the problem. The people who say that they are going to vote, but they're not, it, it's difficult to get at what they're, level of resolve is, right. because it's like, okay, if I've got something better to do on election day, am I, right. I going to show up? So there's a group that's absolutely committed to it, and the people who are in that category, committed to voting, tend to be more conservative this time. So what, looking forward then to your next round of polling, what are you going to be looking for? Uh, two things, whether or not the, uh, well, three things, whether or not the conservative uh, conservatives are able to continue their advance, the first thing. Second thing, whether or not the NDP is going to be digging into the, uh, into the Liberal Party support and we see further fragmentation of the progressive vote. And that last point that we were just discussing, which is trying to get some sense of who's actually going to turn out, really trying to figure that question out. Well, I do not envy your job these days, Daryl. Listen, thank you so much for oh. your time. My sincere pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Cindy.